schwangunkjournal.com, and from listeners like you. Welcome to the local edition news and information, keeping you connected in the Catskills, Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host, Jason Dole. I should say welcome to the International Women's Day edition of the local edition. It is International Women's Day. Coming up in the second half of the program, we'll hear about a locally organized event. Coming up on this weekend, a weekend-long symposium, essentially, celebrating International Women's Day, organized locally featuring women that are around the world. Val Mancy has more on that coming up in the second half of the show. And you'll even find out what the Sullivan County Sisterhood is. But first, we're following up on some news that we got last week. Early last week, we got a press release from the League of Women Voters in New York State saying that the Let New York Vote Coalition, that's the name of the coalition, the Let New York Vote Coalition is urging the state legislature to include voting rights and election funding in this year's budget. New York State budget's being worked on this month. The clock is ticking, so that's why folks are all weighing in on what should and shouldn't be in the budget. The coalition, the Let New York Vote Coalition, sent a letter to New York's legislative leaders, Majority Leader Stuart Cousins, Speaker Heastie, outlining their budget priorities for the coming fiscal year and their suggestions. Their budget priorities include nearly $160 million in proposed spending on administering elections and helping people participate in those elections in New York State. Joining us now live on the phone to go over all of this is Erica Smitka, Legislative Director for the League of Women Voters of New York State. Erica, thank you for joining us. Hi, Jason. Thanks so much for having me. Happy to be here. So, uh, you know, you're, you guys, you're part of this coalition. You're urging, uh, for more to be done. Uh, but I kind of thought New York was doing pretty good on, in terms of access to voting, voter rights, registration, all that stuff. I mean, it's not perfect, but the state seems to be, you know, leading the way among those states that are, that are ahead on this issue. Is your coalition essentially saying, okay, that's not good enough though? Yeah, you make a great point. New York has come an extremely long way when it comes to voting rights, especially in the past few years. We went from essentially one of the worst states uh, to a state that, as you said, is really starting to lead the way. Uh, in recent years, for example, we passed uh, early voting, pre-registration for 16 to 17-year-olds. Uh, last year, we passed the John R. Lewis Voting Rights Act. Um, but so now there's a lot of work that especially county boards of elections need to do to, to catch up and to implement these reforms. So the, a lot of the money that we're asking for is, is money to support these local county boards of elections, um, because one of the biggest hurdles is lack of funding directly to these, these local boards. Um, you know, they need this adequate funding to allow them to implement a lot of the reforms that have passed and to, to, to you know, ensure that they can keep up with uh, kind of the modern, high-quality election administration um, that New York State is, uh, you know, has been doing and, and is moving towards towards doing and expanding even more. Yeah, it sounds like you're talking about the Board of Elections, like they're they're the entities that are on the ground, on the front lines of, of administering elections, which technically right. they are. I feel like a lot of the national news, to the extent that it's paid attention to election 
elections and election struggles in America over the past few years have highlighted just like how much integrity there is uh, among local boards of elections. How how are mm-hmm. boards of elections? How are the local county boards of elections doing in New York State? Local boards in New York State in particular are doing great work. Uh, they run fantastic elections, despite really being you know fairly chronically underfunded. Um, you know, commissioners are often incredibly stressed, especially around election time, due to a lack of staff, outdated equipment, a lack of resources. Uh, there's actually a um, study that was recently put out by the Brennan Center that said that uh, one in six election officials have experienced threats due to their jobs. So, you know, they're experiencing a lot of even, you know, outside pressures in addition to the work of, of running these elections. So our coalition really feels that New York State has to play a role in funding these elections at the county level in order to allow for counties to, to be able to hire that extra staff, secure additional polling sites, uh, you know, purchase equipment that is, is far, you know, out of date. Um, and some of these early election reforms that New York State put into place um, are going to, to strengthen New York's democracy, but only if our counties have the resources in order to, to do so. We talk about funding and the actual infrastructure. In some ways, that's the technology, the the the, the hardware mm-hmm. and the software for how the election uh, is executed. How much of of the funding that you're proposing will will go towards structurally how elections are done or how communication is done, less so than on the technical infrastructure of how it's executed? If you in any way understand what I'm asking. <laughs> I've gotcha, I've gotcha. So yes, we do, you know, we're asking for $20 million to go to, to local county boards of elections. $10 million of that would be spent on capital funding for that, uh, you know, those ballot scanners and printers and e-poll books. But outside of that, we're also asking for $2.5 million um, for the state and for local boards to be able to use to conduct things like voter outreach, uh, media campaigns, civic education. Um, you know, I think last year's election is a great example of just such a hectic election time. Yeah. Um, you know, we had multiple primaries, voters confused about their new district with redistricting. Um, and so this money and, and this set of funds would really be used to, you know, inform the public of, okay, when is the next election coming up? When's the next primary? What are those key deadlines by which you need to register? Um, and really just educating voters in general about how the process works um, and why New York states are, are running. New York state is running, you know, some really great and, and secure elections. Oh, it's almost sounds like, is that is that an overlooked area in New York State, just the act of communicating with voters? Because, I mean, we mm-hmm. did our part as a radio station to really try to get the word out in a confusing election year and primary season and special election season uh, last yeah. year, you know, and you, you could see at the county level uh, people hustling to try to make sure the accurate information was out there, but you didn't you didn't hear a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't say that it's an overlooked area, but it's an underfunded, underfunded. area. So it's something that, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, every almost every county board that, that we spoke with in the last election year said, oh, that, you know, um, we were working with county boards on a an education campaign about you know, why our elections are safe and secure. And so many, so many of them responded with, this is wonderful. Uh, you know, do you have additional funds that you could use to help us print some of these materials? Do you know, even things down to, to you know, printing posters to, to have at poll sites that talk about how elections work or, you know, printing um, 
you know, maybe it's getting more ads out there, whether it be social media and investment in social media to educate voters about, you know, when they need to register by, even things like that are things that we've seen commissioners are really interested in and would love to do, but it's just that they, they have the lack of funding and the lack of support to do so. For for all of the talk, and I, I don't know if there's even polling that backs this up, but for all the talk uh, of following the 2020 election for how much doubt there was among a certain portion of the country, doubt over these elections, even though there's news and reporting that says that those were some of the most secure elections ever, um, mm-hmm. even within all that, I've heard national reporting that we've aired here from NPR and specifically from the WNYC program on the media where they really talk to efforts, national efforts involving the federal government communicating to, to the states to really uh, be a bulwark against disinformation and that that actually had a positive impact. Like you almost wouldn't know it just by a cursory glance at the news, but it does make you wonder how much things how much worse things would have been if that communication hadn't got out there, but also how much better things would be if more investment was put into communicating uh, the good information and countering the disinformation. Right. Absolutely. I think you really hit the nail on the head with, uh, you know, it's almost something that you don't notice, but, but it really did impact our, our elections and the security that people feel um, with the outcome of our elections. You know, I think by and large, uh, our, our elections are are very secure. Uh, they run very well, and you know any so-called fraud that may happen is is just really not commonplace whatsoever. So it really does come down to that education and getting that word out there consistently to to reach people in a, a myriad of different ways. Let's just talk about a couple of these other uh, items in here. I think uh, one of the interesting things I see five million for the John Lewis Voting Rights Act of New York implementation. Now we've talked a lot about the the John Lewis Voting Rights Acts that keep not becoming law at the federal level, uh, but this this is something that passed in New York and and needs money to be implemented. Yes, yeah, this is a historic piece of legislation that was passed last year in New York, and so this year we're asking for five million which would, uh, the, the act itself really helps to um, stop voter suppression um, and discrimination ac- across New York State. And so a portion of these funds would be used to support the Attorney General's office to uh, ensure that they have the, the ability to, um, to, you know, defend voters in, in discrimination cases and, you know, ensure that uh, you know, everyone is kind of adhering to the law as, as it's written. Um, and the other piece of that would help support a database bill, which we're hoping to see passed this year, which would really consolidate um, consolidate a lot of the information about voting that is kind of independently held by counties currently. Um, and so it would put it all in, into one central database, which would allow for things like research done on, on voter access to be done a lot faster um, and with a lot more accuracy, which would really give us more insight into, okay, where are the areas in which, you know, voters aren't able to, to access the ballot for X, Y, and Z reasons. And that would help on NGOs and advocacy groups like your own, but it sounds like that would actually yeah. help uh, uh, legislators as well as it comes time to draw laws and uh, round elections to, to make sure they're, they're happening well if that information was consolidated. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we always talk about New York having a we've got a really great voter registration rate, but we don't 
often see people, you know, we've got a really low voter turnout rate. So it would help us dig into things like that. You know, why, why are voter turnout rates in this area so low and, and how can we improve it so that New Yorkers everywhere have the ability to, to get out and to, to have access to the ballot? How about more than $16 million for automatic voter registration? Speaking of, of voter registration, implementing what, what is automatic voter registration and what needs to be done to implement it? Sure. So this is something that really falls into the hands of the State Board of Elections, and we really want to make sure that the funding is there. It was included in the budget this year, which is is great. We want to make sure it stays there. It was, I should say, included in the governor's proposed budget. So we want to make sure it stays in the final budget. Um, But it essentially means that, you know, instead of, uh, I'll use an example, when you go to the DMV, for example, you're going to get a new license, and currently there's a, a section that says, you know, you want to to update your voter registration or, or you'd like to register to vote. So instead of having to opt into that system, automatic voter registration would mean that instead you'd have to opt out. So you'd have to click a box saying, you know, I don't want to, to register to vote or to change my, my voter registration at this point. So it would really ensure that a lot, you know, we'd have multiple touch points throughout different New York state organizations and, and state level entities at which someone could, you know, more easily register to vote. So really just kind of increasing the ease for all New Yorkers to ensure that their registration is up to date and accurate. What I'm realizing right now as I look at the, you know, the daily stories that come out of Albany is that we're in essentially in March madness right now in terms of New York state governance, meaning like this is the month to hammer out the budget of what it actually is because it's got to pass by the beginning of April. So every group in New York that wants to see positive change, this is the time everybody's putting out these press releases, doing their advocacy work, saying here's what needs to be in the budget to affect these positive changes. What's your confidence that the Let New York Vote Coalition will catch the ears of legislators to actually see these changes appear in the budget? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, And, you know, I think that democracy is is typically on the mind of legislators, um, and we have made so many successful changes in the past few years. So we're, we're really hopeful that it's, it's going to be seen kind of as a, a no-brainer, right? You know, we've, we've implemented these, these pieces of legislation. Now we've got to ensure that some of the funds are there to back them up and to support them. So um, we're hopeful, but, you know, just like any other advocacy group out there, we know that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a real battleground out there. Yeah. So. I guess you're essentially making the case that this is, you know, this is a further investment that's protecting New York's initial investment. You've already done the legislative investment to pass these laws. Let's follow through on that work to make sure they work. Right, exactly. And really, you know, every, uh, you know, if I could make the case that, that you know, any topic that, that you might advocate on, it, a lot of it ultimately comes back to, to who you elect. And, and who you have the power to put into office to, to represent your views and to represent, um, you know, what you want to see happen in terms of change in New York State. So, uh, you know, I, I'd argue that it's, it's one of the more important measures to fund this year as, as everything really comes back to ensuring we've got a strong democracy that everyone can participate in. Now, I'm talking to you, and you're the legislative director for the League of Women Voters of New York State, but we're talking about this. This is a coalition effort. The coalition is called Let New York Vote. The Let New York Vote Coalition is putting out this word, urging the legislature to include this additional funding. Can you tell me a little bit about what other entities or individuals are in this coalition? 
Yeah, so our organization is a, um, well, we're a nonpartisan statewide coalition of grassroots groups uh, that are made up of civil rights, civil liberties organizations. We've got a few reentry communities with government groups, unions, uh, immigrants' rights groups, uh, as well as a few everyday citizens. Um, and so these include, uh, this includes groups like the Brennan Center, Citizens Union, Common Cause, um, Stand Up America, Vote Early New York, uh, the National Association of Latino Elected and Appointed Officials, um, I, I could go on. We're, we have, um, I think, almost 100 groups that are a part of the, the coalition, representing thousands of New Yorkers across the state. This is International Women's Day. The theme of this 2023 International Women's Day is Embrace Equity. And it sounds like you've actually got something that the League of Women Voters is working on that really kind of fits that theme. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, happy, uh, you know, happy International Women's Day. Um, another one of our priorities is New York State's new public campaign finance system. Um, the new system would really lower the financial barrier of entry to running for office. So it would allow for a more diverse set of candidates to run for office and would hopefully allow for even more women and, you know, a more as I said, diverse set of candidates to run. Uh, currently, women only hold 35% of, of all New York State legislative offices, while we make up about 52% of, of all, all people in New York. So um, this is something we, we would really like to see full funding for in the budget as it really speaks to, to that piece of equity and, and really creating that level playing field for everyone to, to, to get out and to, to run for office. All right. Well, Erica Smitka, Legislative Director for the League of Women Voters in New York State, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to go over all this, uh, all of this with us. It's been great. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Jason. League of Women Voters of New York is at lwvny.org. That's lwvny.org, League of Women Voters of New York. The Let New York Vote Coalition is at letnyvote.org. That's letnyvote.org. And we will, of course, continue to cover not just elections here on the local edition, but access voter rights and the processes and agencies that help citizens participate in elections. For now, however, we're taking a quick break. When we come back, Valerie Mancy talks to Amanda McCormick of the Sullivan County Sisterhood about the International Women's Day event that's happening this weekend. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Local Edition, winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local. Hi there, this is Brian, host of The Secret Show. Friday nights at 9. I'll be playing a mix of indie, alternative, college, rock, and pop. Some new music and some old classics. That's The Secret Show, Friday nights at 9, only on Radio Catskill. Listen local. Welcome back to the local edition here on International Women's Day. The theme of the day this year is Embrace Equity. And next up on the local edition, we're talking about what's happening locally this weekend to mark the occasion. And to introduce our next guest, here's Radio Catskills' Valerie Mancy. 
Amanda McCormick is hosting the second annual International Women's Day celebration. It's a virtual event, and that will be on Friday the 10th and Saturday the 11th from 7.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. both days. So, Amanda, tell me about this event. It's your second? Yeah. Last year, I had started the Sullivan County Sisterhood the end of December, beginning of January last year, and um, got an idea to uh, do something for International Women's Day, which at the time was only three weeks away. <laughs> and I thought that it would be maybe half a day, uh, a half a day event with local women, and it turned into a two day event with 15 facilitators from all over the world. Um, and we had uh, over 50 women join also from around the world. Um, and so it, it just was such a transformative and really powerful event that it felt necessary to do again. And so this year we have 20 facilitators, around half of which are from Sullivan County, which is really exciting, um, sharing their purpose work with other women here to help, you know, celebrate and inspire um, and empower other women. Now, would I be correct in saying that a lot of these workshops might be under the rubric of wellness? Yes, I I think so. A lot of them are under wellness. Um, I will say, though, we do have a workshop on persuasive communication, which I guess you could consider, um, you know, communicating part of wellness. If you communicate well, then, you know, it's good for you and other people. Um, we have um, also a workshop around um, uh, channeling your expertise into writing a book. So being able to write a book. Um, and so, you know, if that is part of your calling, then doing that would lead to your wellness as well. But a lot of these are around, I would say, mind, body, and soul uh, fulfillment and wholeness and wellness. What gave you the idea to have an event focused around these issues? Uh, so mostly my idea was having an event for International Women's Day and um, the uh, women that reach out with interest to be facilitators are the ones that brought their ideas in terms of what the work what the workshops they would be hosting would look like. And so this year, really over the course of the two days, it um, spans a very full spectrum and worked out timing-wise that a lot of like-themed uh, workshops are kind of near each other. So they kind of feed into each other, which is really beautiful how it happens just kind of um, synchronistically. Um, and I will say, too, that I know 7.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. across two days is a very long time. And um, if you do, if you are interested in attending and getting tickets, you don't have to catch all of them in real time. Um, all of the 
workshops will be recorded and links will be sent once the event is over. So you have really lifetime access to be able to watch and rewatch all of these really awesome workshops um, on your own time. And how do folks go about um, joining this virtual event and can they join in person as well? So at the moment, there is not an in-person set up. We're just doing it virtually, but I do want to host an in-person um, event probably later this year and then move this to both in-person and virtual for next year. Um, but the tickets you can find on Eventbrite if you go to IWD as an International Women's Day, iwdcelebration.eventbrite.com. That'll take you to the Eventbrite page that has a lot more information about the event, about all of the facilitators, about the workshops, and that's where you can get your by donation, pay what you can tickets. Can you tell us about any of the, uh, what should I say, programmers uh, that are local? Yeah, so I have Susie Bowers, who is, um, I think, everybody's favorite esthetician. She is um, the owner of Synchronicity Skincare and Waxing, and she has her um, kind of office, if you will, <laughs> set up at River Family Wellness in Calicoon. So she'll be hosting a workshop on Friday the 10th from 11 to 12 on holistic skincare at home. So if you have any questions about really how to better take care of your skin, even from the inside out, that would be a great workshop from someone local. Um, we have, again, I mentioned the um, channeling your expertise into writing a book. Michelle, uh, I'm going to say Levy. I'm not sure if it's Levy or Levi um, to pronounce the last name, but um, she is a, um, a an editor and uh, she is based in Bethel. So that'll be a really cool, fun I think workshop, especially for people that are interested, that have a lot to maybe say or share um, and maybe don't know necessarily how to get started in publishing a book, but are interested in doing that. That'll be a really great workshop, again, from someone local. Um, we have uh, Kelly Lockwood. She is uh, one of the local yoga teachers. Um, she's based, I think, out in Neversink, and um, 8 to 9 a.m. on Saturday morning, she's going to be doing a very gentle hatha yoga class, so it'll be really nice to wake up and get the body moving with her. Um, she's a wonderful teacher. Um, we have Rose Wolf, who is hosting her workshop from 10 to 11 a.m. on Saturday also, and um, that'll be around myth and your personal myth. And I know she does a lot of work um, with uh, shamanism um, and with the North, North shamanism um, and runes and stuff. So that'll be a really cool, interesting workshop as well. Um, we have Diana uh, Leahy. Again, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce her last name. I'm so sorry if it's not. Um, but she is uh, 
she does herbalism and works with plants and local plants. And um, that workshop will be 3 to 4 p.m. on Saturday the 11th um, as well. And um, yeah, so we've got a lot of really great workshops from our local ladies. Um, So it'll be really great to catch as many as you can. But again, all of them will be recorded and sent after. I know uh, we didn't get for you to mention everyone locally, but if anyone else is interested, they can see it on the website. Amanda McCormick, thank you so much for taking the time to share this and taking the time to set this event up in celebration of International Women's Day. We wish you a very productive two days. Thank you so much. Thank you. You are welcome. The event is the second annual International Women's Day celebration. It's happening online. It's happening this Friday and Saturday, so you didn't miss it. And the event website is iwdcelebration.eventbrite.com. That's iwdcelebration.eventbrite.com. Tickets are available on a sliding scale, and the event will be recorded so that attendees can watch at their own leisure. Thank you to event organizer Amanda McCormick for talking to us. And that interview was conducted by Valerie Mancy, who you can hear on Radio Catskill Saturday mornings. Thank you so much, Valerie. And it was engineered by Radio Catskill's Sullivan County BOCES intern, Samantha Medina. Thank you so much, Samantha. I want to thank you for listening. Make sure to keep listening on air, online, and on your smartphone or smart speaker here to Radio Catskill. Just ask it to play Radio Catskill. Also, sign up for the Local Edition podcast wherever you get podcasts from. Never miss an edition of the Local Edition. I've been your host, Jason Dole. Happy International Women's Day. Thank you so much for listening. Support for Radio Catskill comes from Van Gorder's Furniture, featuring Lodge and Adirondack styles as well as rustic collections. With showrooms at Lake Wall and Poppock, downtown Honesdale, and Milford, PA. Van Gorders Furniture brings the outdoors inside. VanGorders.com. From Dog Mountain Lodge, providing dog boarding and grooming, also boarding cats, birds, and other exotic pets. Located in Keshekta, New York, and on the web at DogMountainLodge.com. And from listeners like you WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello. Radio Catskill. Thanks for listening. And thanks for supporting public radio for the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania.